Today on Training Group Live. There are a lot of different methods and techniques to grip a handgun. Juanchik Kim and I talk about some of the most popular techniques and discuss the method we both use, as well as some things that never occur to most people. After the paywall, Juanchik and I continue the conversation and discuss misunderstood topics such as locking the wrist and how your dot or sights should track. Welcome to Training Group Live, your home for all things practical shooting. So make ready, it's time to train. Welcome to Training Group Live. Today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Juanchik Kim. Hello. And we are going to talk about your recoil management series, kind of summarizing it and scaling it down, but giving people some things to think about. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to think about, how you grip the gun, hand tension, all this stuff. And uh, there's a lot that plays into it. So I want to pick your brain a bit about the subject and, uh, you know, hopefully give the listeners something to take to their training. Sounds great. Um, for anyone not familiar, uh, Juanchik has a recoil management series on training group, which I don't know. I guess I have to look at the Vimeo account, but I think those are like the most watched videos. That is correct. Yes. The last I checked. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's four parts and Kim basically breaks down the, you know, the most efficient way of, to control recoil and, uh, you know, different things to think about. So anyway, I want to break it down to parts. And I think the place that, to start at is how to apply pressure. Because people really get, I don't know, they have all kinds of options. It's all front to back, or it's side to side, or it's all around, all the different ways. Um, what should people be thinking about, and how should they be gripping the gun? Yes. Before we get into grip part of it, uh, we, we, like, we must not make a mistake confusing with grip as a recoil management. So recoil management is not just about grip. It's basically, yes, managing the recoil, but grip is not the only part. There's four significant parts to manage the recoil uh, as efficiently as possible. The first one is grip is one of the most known. And then the second part is the joints, especially the arm joints. And then the third part is a stance. And then the fourth part is a return. And all those four parts has to be worked on. And also it is very important to separate those four components rather than thinking this is just a grip thing and trying to just muscle with the hands and neglecting other areas and not knowing. So the terminology is actually very important to analyze your recoil management the best. Uh, so That's a really can, good point, because sometimes people think like, the gun's kicking too much, and they use the word, the word kick, and they think, mm -hmm. I need to just hang on to this thing harder or lean into it more, and that's gonna stop the kick, you know, where the sight's not moving, when that's really not happening. So you bring up a really good point. Thank you. So the reason why I separated into four parts, well, basically it's science-based. Uh, I studied uh, physics and engineering, and it is nearly impossible to master recoil management by just working on grip. Just simply, uh, so for example, if you have to have joints control, like the pressure we're talking about, uh, grip pressure is different than the pressure on the, for example, forearm or uh, to stabilize your joints like wrist or elbow those are the totally different pressure we're talking about we're not talking about finger pressure when we are talking about for example wrist locking management 
It's just totally different muscles. But we can dive into grip part first, and then we can discuss the subsequent uh, stuff later. Uh, in terms of grip, we are solely talking about the hand muscles. So mm -hmm. meaning the fingers are part of it, and the palms are part of it. Forearms are not hands, and tricep, bicep, or some people talk about chest muscle a lot in recoil management. Those are not grip. Those are not hands. So when we talk about hands, there's multiple ways. Of course, in any recoil management, there's multiple different ways you can stabilize the gun. And for hands also, there's multiple different ways you can have good grip technique. Uh, most common one, it's the trend is changing, but most common one that was used to talk about was side to side pressure grip. So mm -hmm. basically, you're vicing the gun side to side. Uh, however, this is not the most efficient way in, in terms of science. When the gun is kicking straight back, you're trying to hold the gun side to side when the motion is straight back. This, For example, if I am throwing an ice at you where there's no friction up, can be applied, if you try to stop that non-friction object side to side, it won't, it won't stop the simple Correct. physics. So the most efficient way to stop it is the opposed, op opposite direction of the movement. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about a, a little bit more efficient grip techniques like uh, most of the grip pressure applied to the front to back of the grip or all directionally. So in terms of side to side, um, first, I do not recommend gripping like this unless you, uh, you have really strong hands. If you have really strong hands, it can be a little bit different, but even if you have a very strong hands, this is just inefficient way. The reason being the friction, the friction always changes. So that's inconsistent way to grip. So you may end up gripping way harder than necessary and start fatiguing fast, uh, guns shaking around. Uh, in this kind of case, uh, the simplest way to fix side to side grip pressure, if you are currently gripping like that, is simply adding more front to back pressure on it and make it all directional. So, well, before, the, you, before you keep going to, to talk about people like what you're saying, just side to side grip pressure, is it safe to say they're making the job harder than it has to be? Absolutely, yes. They could yes. be successful, it might work, yes. but you are working harder then you need to work to get an acceptable result. Is that fair? Very fair. Okay. Very fair. Okay. Sorry, yes. I didn't mean to interrupt. I think that's worth, oh, no problem. worth, worth uh, that explaining. That was a good point. And other than that, other than, uh, you know, increased minimum required grip pressure, there can be other side effects such as, so uh, let me just introduce a little bit of my grip history. Mm -hmm. I used to grip side to side very heavy, uh, first two to three years of my shooting. and. Whoa. Sorry, <laughs> there's gigantic <laughs> truck passing by. Okay, so as I was developing other different styles of grip and scientifically analyzing, I quickly realized when I was gripping side to side very heavy, how I used to grip, and also this is a very common way to do. Uh, you're curling your fingertips and pushing with the palms with the support hand to create side to side pressure. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I'm using the fingertips a lot, and I literally drawn blood and like skin come off kind of thing to that point. And again, yeah, this is requiring a lot of force. But when I do do that, one of the downside was this: as I am curling my fingertips, I am losing the contact 
of the front side of the grip. So my strong hand is gripping the gun mm -hmm. and my support hand is on top of it. And as I am squeezing the fingertips, my middle joints of the fingers come off from my strong hand, which is there's gap in between the strong hand and the support hand. That's a very common issue too. By doing that, you're losing that front pressure is one thing. And another common, um, common issue over there is that you're also losing the contact underneath the trigger guard is very common too. So when the gun is flipping, there's two directions we need to take care of. First one, gun, if we don't touch the gun, gun just kicks straight back. Mm -hmm. and we grip it below the bore level. Now there's a leverage point. So there's two forces going on. So torquing upward. So now there's force up and down going on. So when the slide shuts, the force the opposite way and also kicking straight back. And when there is not enough contact underneath the trigger guard, the trigger guard will jump off from your support hand, especially a support hand index finger off in recoil. And when the gun comes back or the slide shuts back and the gun comes back down, since there was a loose contact or gap in between the support index finger and the trigger guard, it'll kick as it comes back. And that creates a lot of wobble and instability as the gun is jumping back down. So our goal in recoil management is not just trying to have the gun uh, behave consistently. Of course, we want consistent behavior, but we want to make it stabilize as fast as possible and also be able to return it to original spot so that in theory, the perfect recoil management is having the first shot and the second shot going through the same hole. And by losing that contact underneath the trigger guard, the behavior of the muzzle will be not controllable. So the mm -hmm. second shot will not be as accurate. So side to side grip, a lot of the times create those issues. Right. Yes. So then you've, so then we're going to start adding what front to back pressure. That's probably mm -hmm. the next thing to add, right? Because that's yes. going to help, help fight how the gun recoils or help control yes. it better. That front to back pressure thing. So there's two ways we can talk about it. There's a grip style that is only front to back pressure to the grip, mm -hmm. to the gun. Or it could be all directional, meaning you have side to side pressure onto the gun and also front to back pressure to the gun. So there are a couple people, like especially top shooters, that are gripping only front to back pressure. And this is not, uh, this is kind of new. Uh, one of the most famous shooters in the IPSC, Eric Rafael, he mm -hmm. talked to, talks about it a lot, gripping front to back pressure. And it doesn't necessarily require one finger having up on the trigger guard. No, no, no. And also, there's really confusing terminology here. People think when I say front to back pressure grip, people confuse with push and pull. Yes. Yes. Whether push and pull having with the arms or hands, uh, they don't really understand what which one I'm talking about. So let me clarify a little bit. When I say front to back pressure first, we're talking about the grip, meaning this is only hands, no arms. Arms, later we're going to maybe talk about it in a little bit more detail, but arms should be simply locked in place without any directional force. But the hands has to get the gun not moving around inside the hands. That's definitely the main reason. But when we talk about the front, front and uh, back pressure grip, 
So we're talking about the hands. Uh, there's a couple ways to do this, but basically, uh, before we talk about more specifics, to stabilize any objects, there has to be two points of contact. Mm -hmm. So meaning, if there is, for example, like a chopstick or something, if you put on a one pivot point, it'll move up and down like a seesaw. Yes. Then you put two pivot points no longer moving around. So for the grips, there has to be two pivot points. So for example, side to side is pivot point being left and right with the fingertip and the palm pushing side to side. Uh, with the front of back pressure as well, there has to be front and what's being pushed, it has to be supported or at least supported or pushed against it. So in this kind of case, front to back pressure, uh, there is basically only one way that is efficient to create the front pressure with the fingers using the finger joint. Uh, how you can create the finger, uh, the front uh, front pressure of the grip, you can either use strong hand or support hand or both. But obviously, we want to have strong hand, not tensed up, not lock up, anything like that. So it's very important to learn how to create the front pressure with the support hand. Okay. And it really changes how you can create the uh, front pressure, depends on your orientation of your support hand. So normally, adult male size, if you look at your support hand, how you grip naturally, it's usually the trigger guard is contacting with the second joint of your index finger. Usually. Yes. If you have a smaller hand size, it could be somewhere in the middle of the first and the second joint, or like my wife, lady hand size, she, she's, she doesn't have a big hands. And her side, when she's having the back of the palm, both back of the palms contacting, her index finger is underneath the trigger guard on the very tip uh, or the first joint. Mm -hmm. So it depends which joint is underneath the trigger guard. And you can simply use the previous joint to curl that section to almost hook it, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yes. So you can use that hooking or using bend of the joint to create the front pressure there. And then the back pressure or closing. So it's, that's the first pivot point, right? We need the second pivot point to stabilize that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the grip will be moving around. So the second pivot point for front and back grip pressure only style grip, that's the confusing part. Some people try to have the second pivot point with the support hand. So usually they would do the front pressure right, so curling the joints. Mm -hmm. And then what they a lot of people do is actually they would try to use a palm. So usually the palm that's connected to the thumb, they would try to oppose, meaning they would try to slide that palm kind of a forward direction. So they're curling the fingers and then pushing the palms forward. That's a big mistake because when you are trying to do that, the palms will slide forward in recoil. So your hands would separate, your palms would not stay locked together. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So then you have to use palms to palm contact. This this actually is a lot helpful if you actually look at the video because I am showing like which joints moving, which palms are moving. So in the in the just verbal description, it may not make sense. So I, I would recommend you go yes. and take a look.
but basically it's closing of the palm, but the palm in terms of directional pressure, it has to be also back of the gun. So like what I just said may not make sense unless you watch yeah, the video. Uh, another thing though, we kind of talked about the pressure underneath the trigger guard when we were talking about side to side pressure. Mm -hmm. So pressure underneath the trigger guard is very important and front to back pressure you will usually have this correct because now you're using the finger joint to create the front pressure. Mm. And usually you will you should feel the pressure underneath the trigger guard as well. So basically, um, this is something that has to be applied no matter how you grip. Basically, the pressure underneath the trigger guard, whether you're gripping side to side, front to back, or all directional, because when we talk about over here, front to back, uh, all direction, all that stuff is usually in, if, if we look at it in terms of graph, it's on the X axis, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. you know how there's a 3D graph, there's a Z axis, Y axis, and X axis. Yes. Z axis is a height where the gun is moving up and down. We have to take care of, or we, we have to support to balance out that up and down movement of the gun. Mm -hmm. When we usually talk about side to side pressure, all directional, those stuff, this is usually taking care of the uh, back and forth movement or back and forth force of the gun. So when the slide is going back and forth, so-called recoil, literally recoil, meaning the slide going back and forth, spring gets recoiled. Mm -hmm. There's two directions we take care of. First one, up and down, and second one, straight back. So in this straight back manner, the gun is trying to move back and forth in our hands. And if you're gripping wrong, especially with the support hand, the grip will slide around. Yes. And there's not enough pressure on the trigger guard. The grip or the trigger guard will lift off and have a gap jump around. Then so, it looks like the gun's moving inside your hands. So exactly. Speak. You can see you'll actually if you watch like slow motion video from the side, and you look just very specifically at that section, you'll see when the gun recoils, how the gun starts out in contact with the index finger of the support hand. And then you'll see the gun recoil, it separates, you'll see a gap. And then when the, when the gun returns, you'll see it come back and rest on that finger again. Is that fair? Yes, those can be in um, only one issue. So there's two main issues, which is hands moving around inside the gun or uh, the gun moving inside your hands, the same mm -hmm. thing. And even if the hands and the gun did not move around on the grip, the trigger guard may separate. So these are two issues. So even if you had perfect side-to-side -side grip and the gun never moved inside the grip and the hands were on the spot in the grip, the trigger mm -hmm. guard may lift off if you don't have the pressure underneath the trigger guard, which is, we're talking about two directions here, up and down and moving back and forth. So this is why you may have one issue or the other, or you may have both. A lot to think about. Okay. Yes. Uh, just make it easy for me. Talk to me about all around multi-directional grip, because that is the one yes. that's probably the easiest. It to is. Train people. Is that fair? Would you agree with that? Yes, I would okay. say so. Break it down, make it easy for me. What's the mm -hmm. easy way to grip the gun? Okay, so in terms of all directional, there's mm -hmm. usually two ways, two ways people do it. Uh, the first one is with a support hand, again, with the finger curl and they add pressure on the front of the grip. 
-hmm. And also they close up the fingers all the way and the palms pushing side to side. So they're they're creating three directions with the support hand. Right. You cannot, you cannot just simply, you cannot create back pressure with the support hand simply because firing hand is on the block. So firing hand is on the way. So directly on the back, back strap basically is firing hands there. So basically firing hand is supporting what's being pulled by the fingers. So there's front to back rep pressure. Mm -hmm. And also you're using the fingers curling in and palms opposing that. Now there's side to side pressure. So this is all around, all directional grip. In this kind of case, using the palms are not as important. In front to back grip pressure, it is very important to use the palms. Otherwise, you, you cannot close, you cannot have the two points. However, in a all directional grip, since you are using side to side pressure too, if we think about it again, let's talk about the two points of pivot point. So if you are gripping with the support hand, let's say just there's no strong hand in the equation, you can curl your finger joint to create that front pressure. And then as you're curling with the fingertips and the palms, you create side to side pressure. In this kind of case, it is stabilized, not in the most efficient way though. The reason why is now you're creating the front pressure, yes? Mm -hmm. When when that happens, the most efficient way scientifically to oppose that is basically have the direct opposite direction of the force. So whatever you pull it front, you got to oppose it back the, from the opposite direction. However, okay. you're by having the side to side pressure, you're vicing the gun and adding the front pressure. It's kind of like you put you actually put a gun on a vice side to side against mm -hmm. side to side of the grip, and then you're trying to push it from the front. When you do that, yeah, the, is, is, it is viced. Mm -hmm. So it the front uh, side to side pressure acts like the second point of pivot point. So in this kind of case, one thing you can experiment at the range is have the good pressure on the trigger guard and apply the front of the grip and then side to side grip with the support hand only and don't even touch with the strong hand, but just to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. And you will see the gun is stabilized because this is technically three points of contact. But again, the side to side vicing effect acts as the second pivot point. I like so using in this kind that of case, demonstration. Easy. Yeah, that you were just describing is a very good way to show how important the support hand is and how much it does also. Yes, the demonstration is on the recoil management studio video. Yes, it's yes. quite excellent. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I use that in my classes often because people are like, well, you know, like everybody wants to do all the work with their, their firing hand. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, your, your support hand's kind of just decoration at this point. We need to actually start doing something. And I'm explaining yeah. how it works. And people, no matter how much, you know, you try to talk about it, people always want to grip with their support hand. They want to do the work with their support hand. Mm -hmm. And then doing that demonstration where I grip the gun properly with my uh, support hand, grip the gun hard, and then just press the trigger without supporting the back of the the backstrap of the gun, like what you're saying. And then people see, I they can't believe it. They think the gun's going to fly out of my hand. They think it's going to be unsafe. The gun doesn't really recoil that much. And that normally connects the dots, I guess, for a lot of people or kind of makes it, you know, more clear, I suppose. Yes. I like it. Okay. So... Oh, one thing about oh, all-directional drill, sorry. Yeah. So one thing about all-directional grip is very good. So it all depends on your hand size and it depends on the gun grip size too. 
So if you are gripping front to back pressure only, the positioning may change. So for example, Tenfolio has pretty uh, long front to back grip size yes. compared to, for example, my Walther. My Walther with a uh, thin grip will have shorter front to back. So when you grip it like normal, now the positioning of the palm or the finger underneath the trigger guard where it's lying, it all changes. But all directional again, uh, you can pretty much shoot with the support hand only in the equation, even without a firing hand. In this kind of case, it's very easy to hop around gun to gun and have very quick learning curve or not much difference. Yes, uh, I use that grip you discussed because, yeah, I, I mean, I've got a couple carry optics Glock set up. And if I grip those guns, I'm basically gripping the same way I grip my Tanfolio. Granted, the, the grip contour is a little bit different. My Tanfolio has removable grips. I like the palm swell grips. Obviously, the Glock is flat on the side. But if I grip the gun the same way, more or less, it feels like it's very easy to carry over from model to model. Yes. Uh, but one thing I want to introduce is why should we grip front to back only then? Is a question. Okay. Uh, by physics, yes, this is the most efficient way. So the least amount of energy required. So when you actually shoot it uh, properly, of course, you mm -hmm. will, you should be quickly realizing how less much of a force you you need to apply for front to back grip pressure. Because again, even all directional, like there's a side to side main, unless mm -hmm. you are. Uh, so right now, I am in the middle of all directional, I added side to side pressure into my front to back grip pressure style. So there was a little bit of difference than before, but when I was truly doing all front to back grip pressure, mm -hmm. the amount of force in my hands were so much less than compared to all directional or side to side. So in this kind of case, um, there was a time where I was shooting 1200 rounds in hour and a half time usually. And in that kind of time, uh, I don't get tired. That's the benefit. That's fantastic. Yes. And when I was shooting, the reason why, one of the reasons why I developed front to back grip pressure was in 2017, there was a war shoot. And to get ready for the world championship, I heard this top shooter, that top shooter shooting a thousand rounds per session. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to try that. I've never done it at the time, uh, shooting with the side side pressure. And I quit at about 800 rounds. I could not physically shoot more than that. Because your hands were just too fatigued, tired, fatigued. you were just done. Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> well, these are a lot of things to think about. I think it's time to pay well these people. What do you think? Yes. And I think one of the most important part is actually the firing hand. We didn't really talk about firing hand. And we can definitely talk about that soon. Yes, that is true. Uh, I like where you're going. And then we need to talk about hand tension also. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway... Guys, stick around. It's going to be excellent. Welcome back. I'm still sitting down with Wanchik. We are going to talk more about this recoil management and gripping a handgun stuff. And you were teasing us before the break with talking about what your your firing hand position does. I want to, yes. I want to hear more about that, sir. Yes. So... Um, firing hand is very tricky, actually, because there's so many informations out there that tricks people. Mm -hmm. So one thing that tricks the most is actually high grip. 
with the support hand actually with the support hand too but with the firing hand a lot of people are making a mistake of getting higher than necessary so, really yes let me actually clarify this so once you close all the gaps under underneath the beaver tail and all that mm -hmm. people some people try to get higher to the point where hands start tense things up so one two common things are one common issue is they're trying to move the thumb way higher and they start building tension up around that web of your hand and then another thing is people try to uh, use the fingers to curl it down to make the web even higher so there's two common ways to get higher than necessary grip one is to flag the thumb up way high and then mm -hmm. the second thing is trying to curl the fingers down at the same time to force your thumb higher or the web higher onto the gun and that's kind of conventional wisdom i mean you're you're fighting leverage so everyone thinks the higher you can grip the better uh, i mean we've all seen mm -hmm. i mean let's be real bob vogel is fantastic at shooting yes. and we've always seen how high he grips and even some people get that glock bite where they're getting cut mm -hmm. and so man like i was always i mean watching you know youtube everyone's always saying you know grip the high grip the gun as high as possible but yes. you're saying that might introduce some issues some problems getting a high grip is important yes but adding tension to your hand is not okay you can definitely get a high grip without adding tension to your hand so get a high as high as possible without adding tension to your hand so basically for trying to force your hand to get higher to the point where you start fatiguing your firing hand and also adding tension to your hand, that's no good. I've seen that. So, like for instance, on my tan folio with a with a thumb safety, or it's like 1911 shooters where they're mm -hmm. actively disengaging the safety, they're pushing down and they're pushing down on the safety in a way that's pushing the webbing of their hand up higher. Is that yes. would that be an accurate way to describe it? Yes, that's one one issue. Yes. Okay. So that oh, hand that tension is. There's, it creates two things, basically. First, uh, uh, yeah, these can be observed at the same time, or it could be one issue at a time. So one issue could be, yes, extra tension, not having good trigger control. So you may be curling your fingers or cur curling your thumb as you're trigger pulling the trigger. Of course, if you have a safety and your curls, uh, your fingers curling, the whole fingers curling, let's say, whole fingers or index finger and the thumb curling, then yeah, you're supporting the safety and you're going to be pushing pushing the safety down together. So they're very likely to not only have trigger, trigger freeze, but also move the gun down with a thumb sympathetic movement. And another one is the pattern of the recoil can definitely change. Let me explain about this. When your muscles are tensing up, more likely it'll get hard, like a rock. Mm -hmm. And think about it, if your web is becoming like a rock, usually during the recoil, the viewer tail moves back. I mean, um, yeah, the pivot point, right? So mm -hmm. as the recoil is happening, the viewer tail kind of comes back down, muzzle rises up kind of thing. In that kind of case, softer tissue will create the, uh, the shake of the red dot. Uh, in the front side, it may not be visible, but in a red dot, it is more visible. You may notice your red dot recoiling very shaky. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Uh, so, I remember you introduced us. It was actually it was at Area Four a couple of years ago. If you remember that, we were hanging out there. It was after I think we'd walked the stage on that. I were sitting around, of course, talking about shooting. And I remember you describing that. It was a way I hadn't thought about it, where you were saying, like, basically, if I if I make if I grip the gun, like I'm going to shoot it, and then basically just with your index finger, you pushed on the back of my hand, mm-hmm. kind of around where like the beaver tail webbing would be. Yes. And like what you're saying, if that hand, if you push on that, like the back of my hand, and it's as hard as a rock, the 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 my hand, my muscles, tendons, whatever, doesn't flex or move at all, then that's like gripping way too hard. Yeah. Like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But if you can push on the back of my hand, and I can feel some give. You you know you feel the muscles move, tendons, whatever, and that's yes. what you're talking about. Yes. So you want your hand uh, stay like an epoxy rather than a rock, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It yes. does. So in, if I explain a little bit further about the whole recoil management thing, so in four parts where it's grip joints and stance and the return, the first three parts has to be, well, all four parts, but they have to be extremely consistent. So meaning directionally, the gun should be flipping the same direction all the time. So it doesn't go once a while left one o'clock now 12 o'clock now 11 o'clock there's no bueno your return is no longer be consistent too mm-hmm. so the job of the first three is just maintaining the gun to behave as predictable as possible so you are able to return the same pattern and same amount so that your recoil management is always consistent by having a lot of tension or forcing your gun to stay flat if that, or usually, that makes the gun behave not consistently. Again, the gun may be recoiling very shaky, red dot may be shaky, and also the red dot may not recoil in the same amount. So maybe uh, flipping 12 o'clock at measurement drill, right? In measurement uh-huh. drill, if the gun is not flipping at the same amount, you are not likely to return precisely, especially in multiple number of shots. So our focus should be having the consistent grip where there's three objects in grip, gun, left hand, and right hand. Those mm-hmm. three shouldn't be moving around. Those should stay consistent the whole entire, what, six shot, 12 shot, whatever shot you're shooting. Mm-hmm. And then the joints should be minimally moving. And the stance shouldn't be kicked back and you end up finding your upper body leaned all the way back after six shot. No, no, no. You want to stay consistent on the stance positioning. Mm-hmm. Once these three things happen consistently, now you can figure out simply how much you need to return and return the same amount. Mm-hmm. This is the most consistent way we can shoot the second shot or subsequent shots as accurate as possible. This is not about making guns flat. Again, like I said, if your gun may appear very flat in the video. However, does it come back to the same spot very cleanly and consistently? That's the big question. Yeah, and people are always posting videos. I mean, gun manufacturers, custom builders, whatever, of you know this gun from the side. They're showing how it recoils. Like, oh, this gun's so flat. And you know, I've learned uh, from you guys, you and Ben and training group. Man, it's like gripping the gun properly is what makes the gun do that. Granted, I'm sure you can have a gun that's oversprung, undersprung, whatever. But yes, the way you're gripping the gun and gripping the gun properly and how you return the gun is really the secret sauce more than 
having the right spring weight on a gun? Uh, in my personal opinion, grips, uh, in a higher level shooter, like uh, B class, A class up, usually grip is not the problem. Really? The most common issue I see is actually wrists. Interesting, by not locking your wrists? Yes. Uh, not just simply not locking the wrist. It's not balanced. Balance of the wrist lock is one of the most important things. So, like I said, uh, most of the B-class, A-class up, like uh, adult male shooters, mm -hmm. usually have the hand strength to keep the gun inside the hands without playing around or moving around much. Uh, I really think there's many shooters, even if they are shooting a lot of the side to side, they may have consistent recoil or grip, consistent grip, at least first six shots. Uh, I don't know about 12, 20 shots, but usually. But in that kind of case, what I see the problem the most is not having their wrists. Uh, first of all, not locked is pretty common. So support hand is usually locked, almost always, because a lot of shooters grip the heck out of it with the support hand. Yes. A lot of shooters. But the problem is that they're not understanding when they're gripping hard with the support hand, they're actually locking the wrists too by engaging the forearms. Biomechanically, what locks the wrists are the forearm muscles. How, No matter how hard gr you grip with the fingers and the palms, they will not lock the wrists unless there was external force applied to your forearms. That kind of makes sense? So mm -hmm. biomechanically, there's each muscle's job. So in grip, it's fingers and the palms. In the wrist lock, it's forearms. A lot of the times people think, okay, support hand, crush. And they end up locking a lot of other things together, mm -hmm. which yes. wrist is a common thing. In the firing hand, People think about, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta stay relaxed on the firing hand. And then they unlock or they not, they don't engage any muscle on the firing hands. And then as a result, their forearm is not engaged either and the wrists are flopping around. So that that's actually one of the most common issues. So basically once the gun doesn't move inside your hands, the rest of the flip is coming from the joint. The next joint is wrist. After the wrist is elbow, and after that is shoulder, and et cetera. It could be hip flexing too, and all that stuff. So in this kind of case, learning how to lock the firing hand wrist is usually the first thing they need to do. And even then, it may not be balanced. So for example, they may not lock enough on one side, or maybe overlock on one side. In this kind of case, one wrist will flop more which the recoil will leak to that direction. For firing hand is usually unlocked, typically. Uh, if you unlock your firing hand, now the recoil goes to one o'clock position because simply on the right side wrist is flopping and left is not. So the gun, the whole thing is going diagonally. It's going to the uh, path of least resistance then, correct? Yes, very correct. Okay. Now the question is, once you start learning how to lock the firing hand, the thing is, I don't see, like, really not many people are able to lock completely on the firing hand. Just simply because the right hand is directly behind the gun. So even, even if the support hand is doing a pretty good job, oftentimes the recoil force-wise, it goes more onto the right side. Simply, it's directly behind of the gun. 
opposite direction of the recoil force. So there is more force going on to the right side. So I don't see many people, like even me, I cannot completely lock the right side unless my eyes, my guns start to shake and I'm fatiguing. Of course, I don't want to go that far. So I don't have a strength to completely lock the right hand or right wrist, I should say. In that case, if I am completely locking the wrist on the left, it's still unbalanced a little bit. And in red dot division, it is pretty important to have the dot go up and down very predictably. And yes. in order to have the dot go straight up and down, which uh, my dot moves like that, I had to just a little bit, just a little bit unlock on my left side. So both wrists are very balanced, flipping about the same angle in recoil. However, the work-wise, my firing hand forearms has to work harder than the left. In my left hand forearm, I had to relax a little bit. So I had to learn how to separate the support hand grip and also the forearm engagement to actually, it's counterintuitive, actually let my support hand wrist side uh, move just a hair. And now the, my dot is perfectly going up and down. So you were relaxing, uh, it'd be your support, I'm sorry, yeah, your support side to match what your firing hand side was doing. And that way you yes. equalized it. Yes. So here's a big, uh, big issue. Uh, current, current market is pushing. Current market mm -hmm. is pushing to work as hard as possible, grip, uh, grip hard as, as possible. Yes. And force as hard as possible. That, that is not the key. Being as efficient as possible is and making things as predictable as possible and consistent. I like that. Um, so another question I'm yes. going to hit you with. Some people say it doesn't matter how the dot tracks or their sight track. As long as it comes back to center, that's what they care about. What do you what do mm -hmm. you say to that? Do yes. you agree with that? Disagree? Yes. Uh, first, the concept, I agree. The concept, I agree, 100%. If your dot moves left, right, down, uh, it doesn't matter if it actually comes back to the same spot. But you're human. You can't do that. And if, so a lot of the times, so for example, your dot, let's say, goes to 2 o'clock position in recoil. Mm -hmm. And through working on your return measurement drill and returning it precisely to the same spot. In theory, you should be able to shoot the second shot in the same hole. However, if you are not returning perfectly, or if you returned more, now where is the pattern of the second shot? It can be right and high if it recoils two o'clock. If you over return, now usually it's gonna be the opposite direction. So uh, seven o'clock, mm -hmm. of course. Some people say, oh, my shots are going 7 o'clock. It's definitely hand tension and I'm, I'm jerking the trigger, pushing the gun down. That is possible issue there. But also another possible issue is if your firing hand is maintaining pretty relaxed, your trigger control is very good, you're not pre-pushing pre the gun or anything like that, then the key, the next assumption should be the pattern of the recoil. Yes. Uh, another thing to point out, you know, people say, well, my dot tracks this way. I would just suggest your iron sights are doing the same thing. It's just easier to get the feedback from your red dot because it's very it's in your face. It's very easy to see 
what path the, the red dot's taking, but your iron sights are still recoiling the same manner. It just might be tougher yes. to see it. Yes. But let me just quickly explain why do we need our red dot go straight up and down? Mm -hmm. it's, it's simple math. The dimension of the A zone. Mm -hmm. that's, that's why. Dimension of the A zone is a lot longer, 11 inches long and 6 inches wide. And your dot tracks to the sideways, the likelihood of you dropping Charlie on a distant target will be higher. Or if it was a partial or a tuxedo, that makes it way more dangerous because you maybe went from a high hit to an off, you know, off to the left or off to the right, which would then be a, you know, miss. Yes. Or maybe it's a no shoot or whatever. So that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Man, I like this. Um, I don't want to go too long on time. Is there anything else I'm missing that you think we should be talking about? Should we talk about grip pressure briefly? Yes, that sounds pretty good. Uh, grip pressure is another thing. Uh, Overgripping is a problem. And undergripping is a problem. Uh, Overgripping, there's two main issues. So overgripping, of course, the fatigue is one thing and like muscle shaking, muscle tremor and all that stuff. But oftentimes, even if your grip, you know what the perfect grip is, how many times do we actually shoot with the perfect grip in a match scenario? Uh, it's very likely that sometimes you will shoot with a you know, missed grip, even if mm -hmm. it's a small degree. Depends on position of the grip, uh, the direction of the pressure can definitely change. So as we talked about the position of your finger on the trigger guard kind of thing, which joint you use to create pressure this direction, that direction, when they change, the direction may change too. So for example, if your palm and the fingertip curling in creates perfect side-to-side -side pressure in a normal time, let's say. But let's say your palm got so much deeper to the back strap or the opposite direction, then now you may be curling it the diagonal direction. So for example, if your palm went too much deep to the back of the gun and fingers are now positioned in a way when you curl your fingers, now it's curling diagonally almost. If so that you're makes pulling sense. On the, you might be pulling on the gun sideways then. Yes. So fingertip is veering the gun to the left, for example. Mm -hmm. Then in that case, the harder you grip, the more the gun will be affected to the left direction, mm -hmm. especially in recoil. And you may see in you know, shots where your grip is not perfect and you just suddenly see the front side going all the way left when it lands. Mm -hmm. Those are a good example of when the direction was changed. So in this kind of case, again, if you're gripping harder, the how much the front side goes to the left will be greater. Because mm -hmm. simply the direction, now you're applying it diagonally, not side to side. So in that kind of case, it is pretty good idea to find out first how much is the appropriate amount of grip pressure. And just simply stay there. Not more than necessary. Of course, if you grip less than that, probably the gun is going to flop around. So um, there's a couple of videos on PSTG, and one video on PSTG is called Maximize, uh, Max Trigger Speed video. In that video, I demonstrate how to find what's the proper grip tension. You're basically, uh, if you're over-gripping, for example, you relax the grip incrementally and then find out when it starts to flip around. Of course, you don't want to go less than that.
but you don't want to go higher than that. So in case of like, you know, loose grip or there were wrong mm -hmm. direction of the grip, the stronger you're gripping, it's going to be affected even more. I like it. Uh, and I keep thinking of, I'm like, oh, one more, qu more question. Another mm -hmm. thing I see very commonly is when someone's shooting fast, close shooting, yeah. you see them really gripping the gun properly, they lock down, mm -hmm. but then they transition to a head box, a mini mm -hmm. popper, mm -hmm. a plate, and they relax the grip. And then all of a sudden I can see like the guns recoiling noticeably more. The yes. sights are tracking than it did on the easy target. What would you say about that? Is there, should people not do that? Should they try to train through it? Is it okay? Mm. That is no good. And that is usually one issue. One issue being not being able to separate your index finger or trigger finger, I should say. Mm -hmm. So in case where you're splitting fast and perhaps trigger pull is more instant than gradual, then oftentimes they maintain the hand pressure pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. And then when they start to pull it gradually or some people who perhaps they may relax things. Mm -hmm. So it is very important to familiarize those three components of the grip uh, recoil management, meaning grip, wrists, and stance. So these are non-compromisable. You have to practice this no matter what situation to stay the same. And all that's changing is the way you pull the trigger or moving your index finger. Yes, so separating that index finger is really critical key. Good point. Yeah, because I think I think what I mean what makes sense what happens is people think really, you know, they think about their grip, but when they go to shooting a difficult shot, their brain, their thought process is like, man, just pull that trigger gently and they're more sensitive with their hand. And I'm, I'm assuming that's why I think it recoils more for most people. And that makes sense yes. why that could happen. Yes. In, in my opinion, of course, vision is important to look at the spot and guide your recoil, come back to the spot. But the most important thing to work on when you first start on the recoil management is the tension and the physical sensation. And also the most individual muscle control is huge. Again, like we all talked about, like having the crush support hand and end up locking the whole arm or up to forearms, whatever, or firing hand, relaxing and uh, relaxing the whole arm, now having wrist flopping issue. Those those are due to not being able to control each individual muscles. And yeah, that really requires focus to focus on each individual muscle. Like when you go to the gym, you have to work on each individual muscle and eventually combine all of them. Gaining control is one of the first things you should be doing uh, on that each individual muscles. I like it. Mm -hmm. Well, Professor, thank you so much for carving out time in your schedule to uh, talk to me about fun. all this stuff. No, it was very good. Uh, training group members, I will link all four parts of Juan Chic's recoil management series in the show notes. And uh, of course, if you guys have any questions, put them below. Thank you for listening to Training Group Live. Stay up to date at practicalshootingtraininggroup.com or pstg.us for short. If you have a question or a comment, head to the Training Group Live section of the forum. Remember, the best questions turn into show topics. If you aren't a member of PSTG, we hope today is the day we earn your subscription. And with that, train frequently, train hard, but most of all, train smart.